You're listening to episode 42 of the Beauty Business Podcast with me, Adam Chatterley. Hi, I'm your host here on the show, and I'm on a mission to help the independent businesses in the health, wellness, and beauty industry to reach their business goals through simple, practical, and focused business information. Now, we're really all about the foundations here of building an incredible, rewarding, profitable, and above all, stress-free beauty business. I want to help you make more money, have more time, and really enjoy what you do again. So we're back today with another episode, only this week's is a little bit different from the ones so far in the season of this podcast. Now, like I've said already before, this is the tough love season of the podcast, where I'm trying to focus on the key fundamentals that can make a difference to your business. And in particular, those things that if you're not paying attention to could very well be damaging your business and your success. Now, so far in the season, we've looked at very practical things like being found more easily online, particularly in the up and coming world of voice search. I've shown you how to get more reviews and how to deal with the ever present problem of no shows, last minute cancellations and late arrivals. And thank you to everyone who's come back to me already telling me that you've put things into place and you're already seeing the results. That's fantastic. And I really applaud you taking action. Now, today we're looking at a topic that I've been asked to cover by a number of listeners to the podcast before and also members in my Facebook group, Beauty Business Hackers. Now, it's not necessarily the first thing that comes to mind when you think about a back to basics sort of topic, but it's very real. And increasingly, I'm seeing that it can be the number one cause of new businesses not making it and even established salons and beauty businesses never quite reaching their full potential. So what am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about imposter syndrome. Now, okay, if you've not heard of this before, and I bet that's quite a lot of you out there, it is kind of a, a buzzword term that's that's recently been thrown around a lot. So what the hell is imposter syndrome? Well, if you check out the, the dictionary definition, you'll find something like this. Also called imposter phenomenon, imposter syndrome is a false and sometimes crippling belief that one's successes are the product of luck or fraud rather than skill. Now, for me, that description gets very near to what we're talking about. But to me, imposter syndrome is really that nagging voice in the back of our minds as business owners that keeps whispering things like, hey, there are hundreds of salons in your area, ones that have been going for years. So why should anyone come to visit you and your new salon or this latest round of clients? It's just a fluke. Next week, you'll have no bookings at all. What are you going to do then? Or you're not good enough. You're not clever enough. You're not successful enough to run your own business. Why not just stick to your day job? Does any of this sound familiar to you? It's that nagging doubt as a business owner or as a therapist or as a nail technician or as an employer that you're just not quite good enough. It's feeling like a fake. No matter how much you experience you have, no matter how much success you've had, trust me, I know all about this all too well. I still suffer from it big time today. Now, at times, it's a very distant voice that barely registers on a day-to-day -day basis. And then at other times, it's right there all the time, shouting at you, keeping you awake at night, shouting so loud that you can barely concentrate on anything else. And because it's so loud, because it's so prevalent in your mind, it actually stops you from moving forward or can even pull you back again. So yes, imposter syndrome is very real. And if not tamed, it can seriously damage your success, your business, even your health and your relationships. So for that reason, this is definitely something we need to look at in this back to basics season. 
Now, so far as I can tell, imposter syndrome is no more prevalent in men than it is in women, nor does it seem to be geographically affected either. I've heard from people struggling with this from the west coast of the US all the way to Australia and New Zealand. And the sneaky thing is, it doesn't always take the same form for everyone. Now, I'm willing to bet that every single person that's put themselves out there, started up their own business or worked for themselves has felt this to some degree. But if you're not sure... Let's ask the question, how do you know if you're experiencing any imposter syndrome and if it's affecting you? Well, there are five main signs that imposter syndrome has crept into your life. And these are, number one, it's being unable to accept praise. Now, this could be anything from a client telling you that that was the best massage they've ever had or that you must be magic because their skin has never felt so fresh and youthful, to one of your fellow salon owners thanking you for a piece of advice that you gave them on a Facebook group. Now, someone thanks you or praises you for something to do with your work, and you just shrug it off as nothing special, just there at the right time, or the fact the sun is shining, or anything. Anything but the fact that you are bloody good at what you do. Now, at number two, it's a tendency to overwork. Now, this one I know is going to resonate with a lot of you. You've, for example, set your working hours. They're possibly up on your door, on your website, on your Facebook page. But then that one client asks if you could work late to fit them in or open early one day because it's the only time they can make it. Or you work all day long on clients and then squeeze your business admin tasks into your evenings, telling yourself that it's just what you have to do when you run your own business. Come on, be honest. We've all done something like this, right? Now, number three is perfectionism. Now, I think there must be a link between the kind of people who want to work for themselves or to start their own business and the personality type of a perfectionist, because so many independent business owners are self-proclaimed perfectionists, perfectionists and procrastinators. And it creeps into everything. You, for example, don't send out that marketing email because it's just not quite perfect. You don't implement that new price increase because you're not 100% happy with it. You take an entire day to get your Christmas retail display done because it has to be perfect. Is any of this sounding familiar to you? Now then at number four, if we needed a number four, it's simply the fear of failure. Now this ties into the whole perfectionist thing. It's an obsessive thing really, or a faithless thing as well. Basically, this is the tendency to look at everything in our businesses as to what might go wrong. And from there, our minds jump to the absolutely worst thing that could possibly happen, even beyond the realms of realistic possibility. We fear to say no to that client that's asked you to open up early because it's the only time they can make it in to see you. We fear that somehow that will be the downfall of our business. And if you actually follow this process through logically, it's absurd. Let's do it. Your brain goes from, okay, well, if I don't open early to do Sarah's treatment, then she may go somewhere else. She may like that salon better. Then she'll stop coming to me. She'll tell her friends. Then more people will stop booking their appointments. Then I'll have no clients. Then I won't be able to pay my staff. Then I'll be in debt. Then I'll have to sell the business, which won't be worth anything by this point because I've got no clients. Then I'll have to sell my house. Then where am I going to live? See, it's crazy. But this is what our minds do to us. Fear of failure, whether you realize it or not, is probably the number one dream killer out there. And finally, at number five, it's very simply feeling fake. You have some level of success, but you don't feel like you deserve it. Like you looked into it somehow and any day now, someone's going to realize and catch you out as a fraud. Now, you may simply see it as not being qualified or not being worthy. Now, I see this 
most in my younger coaching clients, feeling like in order to be experienced, you need to have been doing something for years and years and years. Now, I'd say for me personally, number five is really the big one. I probably have a little bit of all five running through my mind at one time or another, but number five is the one that's really hardest to keep quiet. So are we just stuck with these feelings as independent business owners? Do we have to just ignore them and plow on and pretend they don't exist? Or is there actually a way to turn these around and use them to help us? Well, first of all, I want you to know and recognize that these are common problems. Like I said, I think everyone who's in any way done something different or put themselves out there has felt at least one of these feelings at some point. And the good news is that there are indeed a number of ways to cope with, manage and even embrace all aspects of imposter syndrome so it doesn't take over your life and cripple your success. So now you know about it, hopefully now you've recognised it in yourself, let's start solving it. And guess what? In that statement right there, you've already taken your first step. So let me say it again. Now you know about it. Now you've recognised it in yourself. Let's solve it. I believe it or not, one of the best ways to deal with imposter syndrome or any sort of long-term nagging doubt or fear is to simply acknowledge it, to recognise that it's there, to understand that it's normal and to really appreciate that everyone struggles with it. And therefore, to accept that you're not strange, you're not weird for having these thoughts and doubts and fears. Now, simply reminding yourself that at times as a business owner, these imposter syndrome symptoms are going to shout louder in your mind than at others. It's going to threaten to take over. But all you need to do is remind yourself that you've been here before. You've kept going and things have been fine. It's died down to just that whisper again in the back of your mind. But what about if you've just started out or it's your first taste of imposter syndrome or even that simply listening to this episode has made you realise what that nagging doubt or uncomfortable feeling is? Well, that brings us to step two, and that's simply to talk to others. Now, they say that a problem shared is a problem halved, and that can so often be true. Just talking to a trusted friend or family member about your doubts and fears can do the trick. Sometimes just explaining your fears to someone else shows them up to be entirely irrational, totally unfounded and quite frankly ridiculous some of the times. Now if sharing your fears and doubts itself isn't enough then your friend or your family member might be able to help highlight a more positive way to look at things or just to help you reframe things and get some much needed perspective. Now this is often hard to do, I get it, possibly people in your life doubted your decision to set up your own business and you don't want to go to them. But there must have been that one person, that one friend, that one family member who was with you all the way, cheering you on. Can you go talk to them? Now, it's taken me personally a long time to do this. I genuinely struggled with doubts and fears for years on my own, just accepting it as one of the costs of running my own business. These days, as soon as I feel myself letting imposter syndrome in, in any of its forms, and, and letting it start to well up, I talk it through with my wife. Now, my wife is an amazing, incredible person. She doesn't work in the beauty or spa industry at all, but she does manage a large team of people and she essentially runs a business for someone else. Now, most of the time when I talk to her, she doesn't even have to say anything. Just the act of explaining whatever it is that's concerning me or worrying me puts it into perspective and makes me realise either that it's all in my head or it clarifies things for me and clarifies exactly what I need to do to move ahead and move past it. 
Now, I'd encourage anyone who's running their own business to talk more about what's going on in your mind. I think we'd all be much calmer, all be much better and way less stressed for it. Now, if any element of imposter syndrome is really affecting you and you've tried to speak to a friend or family member and it hasn't helped, then where else can you go? Well, if the effect it's having on you is purely related to your business, maybe it's a limiting belief, maybe it's holding you back from moving to that next level, then try speaking to a business coach. Now, there are plenty of amazing business coaches in the spa and beauty industry, plenty of crappy ones too, but ask around, do your research and get some recommendations. Now, if you think about it, the best business people in the world, the best athletes in the world, all have coaches. There might just be a reason for that. Now, if an element of what you now know to be imposter syndrome isn't just affecting your business, but it's affecting your health or your sleep or your life in some other way, then as dramatic as it might sound, consider speaking to a mental health professional. Now, honestly, your mind is an incredibly powerful thing. And if you are stuck in a negative mindset, this can be destructive on so many levels. Now, the importance of our general mental well-being is becoming more and more understood and is accepted as a very real gateway to our physical health. Now, more and more people are looking for work-life balance and there's a shift to things like meditation and mindfulness as very real and common life choices. So if you've been bundling up stress and anxiety in the form of imposter syndrome for any length of time at all, then you should absolutely consider speaking to someone who can help shift your mindset quickly and easily. And there's no one better to do that than someone trained to do so. Now, while we're on the subject of our work on our businesses encroaching on our lives, there's that constant ability for our clients to get hold of us these days, meaning that it's sometimes difficult to truly switch off, which doesn't really help give you any clear headspace. And this is largely because we have all those ways of contacting us, phone, SMS, email, WhatsApp, messenger, all of this, all in the palm of our hands, almost 24 seven in the form of our mobile phones. Now you could decide to have two phones, one a mobile phone for work and one for personal, but that kind of means carrying two mobile phones around, not to mention paying for two mobile phones. Well, that's where our sponsor for today's episode might just be able to help you out. Now, this episode of the show is being sponsored by Sideline.com, which rather amazingly gives you a second mobile phone number on your existing phone. Now, Sideline makes it easy to separate your work and your personal calls, to switch off when you're away from work, but still able to leave your phone turned on. You can keep your personal number private and set up automated text messages to respond for you when you're busy so you don't take any calls. You can even team up with and share responsibility for a single phone number with other members of your team. Now, Sideline isn't just about calls either. You can text, you can call, you can picture message, everything giving you the benefit of a second phone, but at a fraction of the cost and none of that hassle of carrying two phones around. And best of all, right now, listeners of the Beauty Business Podcast can download Sideline for iPhone or Android for a free seven-day trial. Just go to sideline.com forward slash trial for more information. I highly encourage you to go and check it out. Now, back to what can we do about imposter syndrome. Now, step three is simply to be informed. Now, you're already doing this by listening to this episode. However, one thing that I like to do, it won't surprise you, when I feel imposter syndrome taking hold is to work the numbers, as I call it. So for me, as I said earlier, I tend to get that feeling of being a bit of a fraud, a bit of a fear of failure as my two biggest signs of imposter syndrome. So one of the things that I do 
is to mentally break each of those feelings down and sometimes even write them out. And yes, I've been guilty of creating a spreadsheet about this in the past. So this shows those fears up for what they really are. So take my earlier example of the client that asked you to open up early because it's the only time that she can make it in. Well, I outlined a slightly silly thought process, but it's one that our minds genuinely jump to without filling in all those gaps, sometimes without us realizing it's quite so silly. So when any single problem starts to bother me, I ask myself, okay, what's really the worst thing that could happen? When you really think about this, it's often not that bad at all. Certainly nowhere near as bad as what our minds will jump to on their own, especially late at night as you're just trying to get off to sleep. Now then, I ask myself another question. What's the best thing that could happen? I'm serious about this. Turning the problem around can give you just as much insight into a problem as trying to minimize the problem can. So in that same scenario, maybe that client who wanted us to open early so that they could have their treatment done because it's the only time they could do it, maybe that client will respect you for sticking to your timings, for saying no. Maybe she'll book in anyway at a time that suits you, i.e. when you're working anyway. She also learns that you don't compromise on your opening times, so she stops texting you late into the evening to try and get you to squeeze her in for an appointment the next day. And then when she comes for her appointment, she has specifically made time in her day rather than trying to get you to squeeze it into yours. So she's actually more relaxed. She enjoys her treatment more and therefore she gives you that extra special tip or she finally buys that product range that you've been recommending. And then she enjoys her treatment so much that she finally reviews you on Facebook and a couple of her friends see that review and book in for a treatment with you next week. See? Now, I don't know how this sounds to you. Maybe maybe it's a little bit too good to be true, too good to hope for for all of these things. But when you think about it, isn't this actually a more likely scenario than the no more clients lose your house scenario that I went through earlier on in the episode? Now, finally, the last step is to simply accept that nobody is perfect. We all have our flaws, all of us. And it's what makes us unique. And it's what makes the fact that you've decided to start running your own business so exciting. I mean, who wants a boring life anyway? Now, I believe that imposter syndrome in all its forms can actually be used to make our businesses better. Listen again to the five main forms that imposter syndrome can take. Difficulty accepting praise, a tendency to overwork, perfectionism, fear of failure, feeling like a fraud. Now, if any of these describe you, then it actually means that you're doing what you're meant to be doing. If not, then you wouldn't care as much and it simply wouldn't bother you. You wouldn't be worried about that client that wanted to come in early, that things aren't perfect, that you might not be working hard enough, might not be good enough. It's a sign that you're doing valuable work, work that makes a difference to you, to your clients, to your family, to your community. Use these indicators to figure out what you can do better, what you can do more of without working more and where you can grow. And when it comes to that fear of failure, do not be afraid of failures. They're part of our daily lives. And in fact, if you're not failing occasionally, then you're not trying. Now, I can't remember where I saw it or where I heard it originally, but someone once told me that the word fail stands for first attempt in learning. Now, I love this. If you think about it, when you learn to ride a bike, did you fall off a couple of times? Did it mean that you weren't worthy to ride a bike? Did it mean that you shouldn't ever ride a bike? Or did it just spur you on to figure it out and learn to ride that damn bike no matter what it takes. So I'd love to hear more from you on this topic. Has this episode clarified imposter syndrome for you? Is there anyone out there wondering what that nagging doubt was that they couldn't quite put their finger on? 
Does anyone have any ways they've learned to manage the fears and the doubts of imposter syndrome or even use them to move forward? I'd love to hear from you. Let me know in the comments on the show notes pages or on the thread in my Facebook group, Beauty Business Hackers. Now, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A bit of a different one for me, like I said. I'm usually more comfortable with the the kind of practical advice. So straying into the world of thoughts and doubts and mindsets and fears is genuinely a little bit out of my own comfort zone, to be honest, especially sharing some of my own doubts with all of you. But I can't very well go and tell you not to fear failure without taking my own advice, can I? Now, if you did enjoy the episode, please let me know by leaving me a very quick review on iTunes. Now, you can click on the link in the show notes page or just in your podcast application if you're listening on your iPhone or iPad. Now, someone left me a review just yesterday. Uh, SHP20 or SHP20 said... Thank you, Adam, for this amazing podcast. You've helped me take my business to the next level. I listen to the podcast on my way to work and it motivates me and sets me up for the day. It's easy to understand and a great listen. Thank you so much. I'm loving the new season and I'm implementing your advice. Well, thank you, Ship20 or SHP20. Sorry, I can only see your iTunes username, so I'm not sure exactly who you are. I'm always so very humbled by all the reviews I receive, especially ones like this. I'm very pleased that I've been able to help you and congratulations to you for taking action and putting these things into place and for seeing results. Now, next week on the show, I'm going to be talking specifically to those of you that have recently started out on your business journey. Now, this was inspired by another email I received from a listener that told me that after listening to the show for over a year, she decided to take the leap and was about to open her first salon. But she'd asked specifically what she should be doing from day one to get set up for success. Well, this is kind of a huge topic, basically the reason for what I do here on the podcast and also on the website. But I thought I'd look at this as a kind of quick start guide, a quick checklist of those things that we should all be doing in our businesses to make sure we're set up for success. And don't dismiss this episode if you've been in business for a while either. The business world moves quickly. So does technology. And there are so many new tools and strategies out there that even if one thing that I mention is something you're not already doing, then it'll be well worth the listen. So I'll speak to you again in a week. Bye for now.